Welcome to the Highfalutin Podcast. The Highfalutin Podcast is a conversational exploration into the topics of the day framed around a theme chosen in advance by your hosts, Monica Schrager, Ryan Norsworthy, and me, Matt McCarthy. The seventh episode of the Highfalutin Podcast is Shift. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the High Flutin Podcast. The theme we chose to explore for this episode is shift. With shift, we're celebrating a change in direction of the U.S. away from the racism, sexism, and ignorance that Trump has promoted to addressing the coronavirus and the impact it's had on the economy. Shift to science and civility, which I am excited about. Joe Biden winning is not the end-all, be-all, or resolution to all the country's problems, so it is a step in the right direction and causes me to feel very cautiously optimistic. Someone did ask me how I was feeling the other day, and I told him my head felt a little clearer, my step a little lighter, the grass a little greener, the sky a little bluer. There's a sense of relief and a weight lifted. I did imagine the other day how I would have felt if Trump had won, and I can imagine the misery and the depression that would have ensued to think about four more years of him and the damage he's done to the country in so many ways. I saw Dave Chappelle's monologue last Saturday um, on Saturday Night Live, where he reminded us the country is bitterly divided. He reminded people how bad everyone felt four years ago when he was last there, and to remember that there are a lot of people who supported Trump feeling that way now. And he made a plea, as Forbes said, for the disenfranchised to come together and stop retreating into bitter tribalism. Dave Chappelle said, you got to find a way to live your life. You got to find a way to forgive each other. Got to find a way to find joy in your existence in spite of that feeling. So though Biden's win doesn't resolve all our problems, it is a shift to a much better direction. And I do have to recognize a couple great women in this election. So Kamala Harris is our first woman vice president-elect of Black and South Asian descent. And Stacey Abrams is a force and was so impactful in getting Georgians out to vote and have that state States count be so close, and we now have runoff elections for both of their Senate seats in January with strong Democratic competitors. I do hope she runs again for governor because all this has certainly elevated her visibility. And I also want to share that I've seen great images of little girls of color who see themselves in these two women and now know that they can go pretty high. I heard Stacey Abrams registered 800,000 people to vote. Exactly. That's that's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, talk about God! What an amazing lady. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we—they're going to recount Georgia, right? But I mean, we we won that by what eighteen hundred? You know, two thousand, something like that. I mean, she registered eight hundred thousand votes. Yeah. Like that changes the whole. That shifts the yeah. whole landscape of that state. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's rumored too that she lost based on voter suppression. Yeah. You know, so after she lost, she really it's focused on getting people out to vote. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, you're right. It's not a rumor. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. I should Voter clarify suppression that. in Georgia? Yeah. It has, I, yeah. It, I'll say that again. It has been said that she lost based on, based on voter suppression. Which well, is, you know, they're recounting in um, Georgia, even though I think the spread is uh, over 15,000, 14,000, 15,000. So, is it that big now? Wow. Yeah. So it's going to, I mean, yeah. it's not going to change. Even, yeah. even Republicans will agree that it's not going to change the outcome of, of uh, the presidential race in Georgia. So, no, when they were talking about recounting in Wisconsin, even Scott Walker tweeted, he said, you know, like you can find a couple hundred votes, but you're not going to find 20,000 votes, you know, in a recount. And the, uh, that's absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, thinking of shift, Matt Ryan, what are your thoughts around the topic of shift? 
Uh, so for me, uh, it, you know, I don't want to give away uh, or spill the tea, as they say, but we talked about a couple topic um, uh, for this episode, and some of them being uh, cautiously optimistic, which is something you've used, Monica, in your opening there, and flux. I just don't. Um, I'm not so sure that anything is changing. So I'm I'm a little bit more um, cautiously optimistic, as you said, uh, about our current situation. Um, I look at the economy, I look at the coronavirus spiking, and I'm looking at all those people that supported Trump. And I'm, I'm asking myself, where does all that hate go? Um, that doesn't, that doesn't just go away. Although we had the outcome that I would hope for, although we had the outcome that is moving in the right direction, and I guess that's all we can hope for. Um, I'm still concerned about the high numbers of people that supported um, somebody that was clearly unfit for the job. So Ryan, in a very Trumpian move, is not accepting the results of our uh, of our <laughs> election for what thing we are going to do. And Ryan, Ryan wants to do optimistically, everyone is cautiously optimistic. The uh, we're doing shift, Ryan. Get with the program. Okay. Yeah, the, it's, uh, yeah, that's not the way I feel. Well, that's fair enough. The uh, I also <clears throat> like uh, you know. Oh, I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm on board. I just it's uh, it's just hard for me to. It's, it's kind of like saying, yay, like we won. And I'm not, I don't, I don't feel a victim. Well, I, I guess that's my point. I hear you. I, I feel, frankly, like if, if there, more and more people are accepting the results of this, I feel like. And if that, you know, if that stands, I'm just going to be grateful for a shift away from the election and the uncertainty, you know, and just like, I mean, that was, that was a pretty intense election cycle. Like the last four years have been pretty intense. And like, I would like to see, you know, I'm grateful Monica for all the things that, that you mentioned and I agree with you. And I think it is a shift in the right direction. And I'm, you know, those are all positive things. And Ryan, I'm also afraid of the things you mentioned, you know, that the, the high number of people that came out and voted for Trump. Um, but I'm just looking forward to like a shift away from like the constant conflict and a lot of tension. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I guess a, a very optimistic way to look at it is that more people voted more than ever. So yeah. that's a, that's a wonderful, beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, what is it like two thirds of the voting population? I mean, that's still <laughs> kind of pathetic in a way. Yeah. Um, however, um, that's far more than it's ever been before. So that's a good thing. And I will take that for what it is. Also, the uh, the election of the first African-American, uh, 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 Asian-American woman um, I, is, is obviously highly significant. And that is not lost on me. And I think that's great. Um, and given, uh, not to be more of it, but given Biden's age, that bodes very well uh, into the future for uh, the positioning of um, uh, women uh, and minorities uh, moving forward. Well, yeah, there's been a lot of speculation, you know, that Joe Pop might be a one-termer, right? That, I mean, like, it, it's going to be hard. Oh, I mean, what would that put him at? 70 or 81? 76, I yeah. think. Yeah. No, 80, I mean, 81. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's 82, 78 right now, right? Is he, God, so, uh, 77, whatever. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that it's pretty tough to run when you're, you know, mount campaign. I mean, maybe he can do it. I don't want to count him out. I don't want to be ageist, you know, the, uh, but there's some speculation that, you know, maybe this would position, you know, Kamala for a run. You know what? They only let a commercial airline pilots fly to a certain age. Yeah, right. Well, there should be a... term limits on Congress. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, you know. go there. And now, highfalutin news. Obviously, the news, we're talking about the same two things. I feel like the election and COVID. The, um, but uh, with the election, when the, result, when the results were finally kind of like announced that Saturday, like, I feel like I'm going to remember that moment for the rest of my life. It's going to be one of those moments where, you know, I was sitting at my parents' house. We'd gone out to visit them. We were sitting outside on the deck because it was, it was a lovely day and our phones all started buzzing. And, you know, and it was like, a, I, I felt like emotional like the uh like i got a little i was wearing my sunglasses i remember you know i was like grateful i was wearing them because i got a little teared up like it, i was like I, it just felt like this amazing like tension release and like this this weight had been lifted and not to be dramatic about it but it really like physically felt that way and i'll never forget where i was or what i was doing and i was curious to know what you guys where you guys were when you found out I um I could not check the news between like Wednesday and Friday. I was hesitant and scared because I remember back to four years ago when I woke up in the morning after election and the election and found out Trump had won and was just numb. But I was having meetings with different colleagues throughout the day and they were giving me news. Like one colleague had like family in Pennsylvania. They were all pretty confident they had Pennsylvania. I had another colleague in Utah who was talking about the Nevada and he's like, all that's outstanding are like the cities of Reno and Vegas and Tahoe, which are for the most part, democratic strongholds. So I was getting sort of positive energy along the way from my colleagues who were sort of had connections in those states. Saturday morning, I got a text from my stepmother. And then that's when, you know, letting me know. And then that's when I went to the news and took a look at it. So, um, you know, it, it was relieving, you know, and it, because I was sort of trying to stave off that numbing feeling. I remember four years ago, I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't go there. So it was just very relieving is the best word for it. I agree that uh, relief um, was the first uh, sensation I had. Um, but uh, for me, it was a longer process. I mean, remember, you know, it was, uh, Tuesday, the uh, third, is when the election took place. Um, and uh, I was having a discussion with a few friends uh, and I went to bed with a friend saying, uh, he's gonna lose, uh, referring to Biden. I had confidence. I had, I, I'm a close watcher of the news. I didn't really believe um, that it was as close as it was seeming that night. At the same time, I didn't think it was just a uh, slam dunk as some of the polls may have indicated. But then it was uh, like a long week of tension. I joked, um, I happened to be on my bike riding with friends when uh, the decision came through somebody's text, uh, I think it was you know, around uh, the 10 o'clock central time that the announcement came through that uh, the AP and the news sources were like confirming uh, a win for Biden. But I was joking that I believe like the number 253 from the Electoral College had been etched in my screen because I was watching TV all week and I'd keep tuning in to see if anything had changed. 
and they're talking and they're talking and they're having all these debates for, for the better part of a week, but the numbers weren't changing. <laughs> so, and um, there was uh, many texts amongst friends. It's like, well, I hear Arizona's going to come through today and I hear Nevada's going to come through today. And it was never the, really the case. It wasn't until Saturday, um, you know, around 10, 30 or so that we caught it on the bike and they're honking and we couldn't quite figure out what was going on. And somebody uh, had referred to their uh, technology and said that it had been confirmed that um, it wasn't like a big dramatic moment for you. I I was confident that he was going to win. So it didn't really have a reaction. Um, It was kind of like, all right, we confirmed what I thought was going to happen. Um, and it's very frustrating that it took that long. I guess I didn't have the confidence. I went, I went to bed Tuesday thinking, you know, boy, it's too close to call. I woke up Wednesday thinking he was going to lose, that there was too much ground to make up in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, and I couldn't believe, you know, and like they seemed so confident about, about Arizona. Like I just I felt like something the, was up there. Here's this thing, and, it, and I'm wrong about this, um, but I think the news in general did us a great disservice in not explaining that the mail-in vote was gonna take longer to tabulate than the day of. So people had been voting for weeks. I'm an early voter, Chicago, Illinois has early voting, Chicago has early voting. And because of the coronavirus, many people were early voting. And they kept speaking about these high numbers of, um, about you know which way they're going, which seemed to be uh, liberal and blue. But what they did not say was that when we were getting the results that we were going to get day of results quicker than we were going to get mail-in votes, even though we had been hearing all this time how great, you know, the voter turnout was and that how that bode well for Democrats. That's all true, but they didn't let us know that it was going to take longer to tabulate that than it was for day of. And so that added to a lot of I, I believe confusion and drama and the way that the results were being te- um, uh, reported. Yeah, I have to so, totally agree with that because my stepmother is sort of my source for news a lot. Like she's on top of all the news. And she told me on Tuesday, beware of the red mirage. So that was the term that was starting to go around, which meant exactly what you said. You know, all those day of votes, which were for the most part, she was like Republicans vote the day of, you know, um, Democrats maybe early and, and every state had a ton of those mail-in ballots that they had to count. And that idea was the red mirage, meaning it would look very red early on and it would change to blue. But, but it wasn't- right. That it was wasn't, not clearly communicated. It wasn't every state though, right? Like some of the states could start tabulating the, the um, mail-in <clears throat> count early. Well, but that's it the was, thing about- I mean, about elections in general, I'm sorry, Matt, but uh, that's the thing about elections in general. There's there's state by state by state. Everybody has different rules and regulations. Some people are voting early. That date changes from state to state. Some people start counting early. Some people don't. I mean, every every state is different. That's, um, that's the United States. They're, but they're individual in that sense, even though it's a federal outcome. It's very, you know... Um, I feel like there's a proper word that I'm missing, but it's, it's, it's state by state. 
Yeah. And also on top of that, a lot of the states had different rules for their mail-in ballots. You know, Pennsylvania, you had to put it in a right. different security envelope. <clears throat> Wisconsin, you had to have a witness sign right. and put their address on it. And I know a lot of people who were helping out volunteering in certain states to call people who um, whose vote was you know, rejected to inform them that, hey, your vote was rejected because there are ways to remedy that or go in person. I do know a lot of people who submitted their mail-in ballot and were able to track it. And the tracking, it was done very well, it sounds like. They got results really quickly saying your ballot has been accepted. It will be counted. But the I, I, someone else who was like, if it was going to be rejected, he was going to go in and vote in person. So he voted, sent it in early enough to know that. Well, I was fooled. I was fooled by the red, red the red mirage. I... Uh... <laughs> It, it it caught me. I, Wednesday, I was feeling pretty blue. The uh, I totally like was trying to set boundaries, but just couldn't stick with them. Like I couldn't focus at all on anything. I just kept you know refreshing the vote count and like reading the you know what what is it now you know and um and like looking at the different paths to victory and the scenarios and it was driving me crazy and I let it drive myself crazy. But the uh, the uh, with. Uh, so Ryan, you were not surprised by the by the results. You this is what you had expected. But what did surprise you about the election? Were there things that you know? For me, I was I was surprised by the turnout. I mean, it was I didn't think it would be that high. You know, and pleasantly surprised, right? The only thing that surprised me about the election is how many people voted for Trump. Me too. Me too. I was only, hoping. Yeah. I wasn't I was... surprised by the turnout. I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I wasn't surprised by it taking a long time. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised at why, but I um, none of those things surprised me. The only thing that surprised me about the election is uh, the support that Trump had. Well, I'm, I'm surprised we lost those seats in the House. I'm surprised, you know, that we. I, well, I'm a little. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm a little surprised that uh, uh, we did not overtake the uh, the Democrats did not overtake. Uh, the Senate, um, but still, uh, still a possibility. Still a possibility. Yes. But I thought that was a. I thought that was going to be. I should. As, I thought that would be by the same margin uh, that the president uh, that uh, the president elect uh, mm -hmm. would win. Well, and and how about the poll? I mean, people were talking about you know Texas and Florida being much closer, and you know, like it was. It wasn't. Texas and Florida were not. Well, let me close. tell you. First of all, the selection. I mean. As things played out, the pollsters weren't all that wrong. I if you look at that. the that's, like that's margin, bullshit. I never want to hear from. No, it's not bullshit. Again. If you look at the margin of error and you actually look at the numbers state by state, the pollsters weren't all that wrong. Trump lost by the popular vote by five million votes. He lost in all the midwestern states that he had. Um, you know flipped by like it was 70,000 combined over three states he lost all those by over a hundred thousand votes and he then dropped some uh southern states so don't it this wasn't a close election I mean that's a misnomer in my opinion I mean it was it was closer than I wanted uh as I, I think I've alluded to and that's the only thing that surprised me but it wasn't close he lost and that's why to this day, you know, people are saying, even Republicans are saying, dude, you lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. 
I'm not hearing many Republicans coming out and saying that yet. I mean, the uh, well, you know, there's starting I mean, to be some cracks, we, but like we can get to that, you know. Yeah. But but let's go back to the turnout for a second. Like, man, I hope we do every election like this going forward. I mean, like, yeah, like opening up the access to the voting, I think, is a big like lesson learned here. Like when you look at the turnout and mm-hmm. the, um, you know, I, I think that uh, that's the best turnout we've had ever. I think you know was it? Yes. I mean. The um, I don't know, Capita, but and then I mean, if the yeah. if the Department of Homeland Security just came out and announced that it was the most secure election in American history, the um, right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, the uh, you know, why not replicate that and, and get the same numbers every election? That's a big national election. Well, I think we have people like Stacey Abrams and other people really fighting voter suppression. There were there were a lot of attempts at it. Remember, what was it? Houston was trying to have one drop-in mail-in ballot drop box per county, and their counties have millions of people in them. So I think we need to continue to fight that suppression. And I think there this might be the this election might be the result of some of the great efforts done there. This is where I get heated, um, and how uh, disturbing a force is. Uh, of Trump and our political atmosphere. He lost, <laughs> he lost, he lost, he lost. Yet he won't, and the Republican party is still on board with him, even though it is very clear by no stretch of the imagination, but there are still people out there. And there's always outliers, of course, but there's, pe- there's people out there who are still talking about crazy conspiracy like nonsense about the joe biden boxes. crime family stole this election you know I mean, right yeah. and that's i mean that's the danger of having some some liar in office who can who can't even come to his senses enough to see simple math that he's lost and won't admit it i actually uh heard something on the news last night if you go back in time, uh, the last hotly contested um, election was what, 2000, right? Against Gore and Bush. So 9-11 happened in 2001. The 9-11 commission actually said that the 36 days that it took longer to confirm the president elect could have contributed to the readiness of the United States to be compared for a, a attack. What the president is doing right now is putting himself in front of the nation. And that is what is so heartbreaking to me is that people still support a person who consistently and vividly puts his self-interest above that of the nation. It's, it's always crazy. been that way. Like he's, like I, I don't, he's, yeah, he's never, he's never been like shy. That's, about, what's, disheart- that's what's disheartening to me yeah. is that, that people don't see that. It's hard to understand, you know, people live in their own little information bubbles now, you know, and there's the algorithms and, you that's know, exactly you, right. This, uh, people you, make up their own, they have their own facts. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's people who are going to listen to our, you know, little news part of our little podcast and think it's the real news, you know, and it's not the real news. It's just three people chatting about the news, you know, the um, fake news. It, it is fake news. You know, the um, we should call it fake news. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, 
there has to be some kind of establishment on facts. What we're talking about are facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we express our opinions. Yes. But that I mean, the problem is just when people have their own set of facts, and that's just incredibly dangerous. I mean, it's well, just yeah. crazy. Trump- Trump contributed to that with all the yeah. fake news and the, you know, demonization that. of the media, you know? That's, I mean, what did he say? If I don't win, it's a rigged election. He literally said that. How yeah. much sense does that make? If I don't win, it's wrong. Right. Now, and, you know, come on. And he wouldn't shut his mouth for four years. And now he's got nothing to say. Yeah. He's like, you know, holding up in the White House. It's just yeah. crazy. I'm sorry. No, I hear you. No, but it's funny too, because for those meetings that I was mentioning that I was having with colleagues, some were international colleagues, and they were telling me like our election was top news. And I even read something and I think the Times, the Washington Post, and they're like, imagine the perspective from a different country seeing this. Like this is this is reminiscent of like some dictatorships, you know? Like soap that. Opera. Yeah, and it's dangerous. It's a soap opera because nobody would believe this. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. It is literally crazy. Okay, so let me ask you this. The no COVID, does Trump win? I would like to believe no, but um, I, it's, yeah, I mean, it seems like it, it's so, yes. Assuming the economy would go along, but I mean, that's, you know, it's butterfly effect. Who knows? Right. I mean, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, I can't, you right. know, but it, it sure feels like if the COVID wasn't an issue, and, you know, 250,000 people hadn't died, The uh, he might have won that in a cakewalk. If he had handled COVID decently, he had a chance. But he didn't. Because he's not a leader, and he doesn't have any honor. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that COVID definitely played an interesting role in the election, and I think we'll be looking at that, you know, for some time. And the um, I think it plays a super role. Yeah. And, but I also wonder if there wasn't some effect at the end where, you know, the, everything started to swing up again and like you knew Trump is going to open it up and, you know, Biden's going to shut it down. And I think there's a lot of people who are like at the you know edge of their financial situation, you know, small business owners and, and you know, people with mortgages and who are out of work who are desperate for the economy to open up again. And, and I wonder if some of those people didn't feel like this is my only shot here is, you know, I got to vote for Trump. I agree with that um but much Which is like, sad yeah much like the views of you know that side uh short-sighted it's just short-sighted yeah well covid was a central part of biden's campaign um and some it's people- such a part of all i mean who hasn't been affected by it yeah, yeah. i mean it's just it's it's um it's outrageous. We are we are at a, a pivotal point now where our government, our local government, is telling us to not celebrate Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and our president is hold up trying to contest an election that he can't win. And, and meanwhile, suppressing all you know the leadership that he can but providing a little entertainment by having rallies at the Four Seasons Landscaping in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh my God, that'll go down as like one of the low points of the, uh, the American presidency. Talk about that. Provided a laugh. Provided a good laugh. I don't know what you're doing. 
that that porn shop had the amazing you know dildo He's sale. We want to uh, highlight high, small business owners in this time of COVID. Give me a break. Uh, colossal, colossal. This guy's running the country. Yeah, yeah. Giuliani, what a clown that guy is, man. I mean, my God, he could have been that guy. Could have been America's mayor, and instead, Who put him on the podium. The you know. Who put him on the podium? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, but what a Did you guys see these Slate articles, Goodbye Giuliani, Goodbye Hope Picks, this Goodbye series they have? No. Oh, I have to look at It's awesome. You have to check it out. They're hilarious. Wow. We'll post the link on the blog. All right. So I was, when I was, when I was talking about COVID, I was trying to shift to COVID. We can make a lot of speeches about the election here, but the, and Trump, you know, and he's a petulant child and we hate him. But, uh, um, COVID is really taken off right now and it's going crazy. The, if you look at the stuff in Wisconsin, I mean, the, they had to come out with a new category for like, you know, they used to have, it was like very high was like, if there was like a thousand people out of a hundred thousand people who had it and every County in Wisconsin was like that. And some were worse. So, I mean, they are, you know, just and Illinois too is, I mean, in, in rough shape right now, we've had a big spike and, um, some of it that, you know, they're tying some back to the election party with the president at the White House and, and some of that craziness, you know, I'm sure they'll end up tying some back to celebrations after Biden won and, you know, everybody out in the streets. They'll tie it back to that Notre Dame football game where the students storm the field, you know, but man, the, the numbers are just, you know, really tough. They're, they're going to have to shut things down again. But, you know, there's this thing on the horizon that, that, you know, happened this week, the Pfizer announced that they have a vaccine that's, that's been extremely effective in, in trials. And, you know, I'm hearing people say it could, you know, the, the vaccine could be out to the public, you know, we could be vaccinated by spring, by April. Um, that's very, so that's very hopeful. But boy, those numbers look bad right now. And it looks like it is going to be a, a, a long winter and, and a tough winter um, when it comes to COVID and opening the economy. I think uh, we are at the level we're at right now because there's been no con- cohesive you know, nationwide plan. Uh, we are suffering the consequences. Every time, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of, a, it's a pendulum. Every time we open up, we see more cases. And now that everybody um, in the uh, Midwest and North has to go inside because it's cold, everything is getting much worse. We open things up at the end of the summer and we've had a couple beautiful days here and then things swing back. Then we have all these cases and then we're closed again. Um, and somehow um, people try to make the case that, you know, it's their economic survival and this and that, but in the meantime, people are getting sick. And the more people that get sick, the more people are going to die. And I don't understand how people do not make that connection. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. One thing too is a national mask mandate would have gone very far. Um, And you even see, you know, again, my stepmother had a friend who traveled, you know, to Dallas and said, no one's wearing their masks there, you know. Um, I do know someone who went to Hawaii and they are pretty strict on like masks and like COVID tests and everything as well. But there are certain, and I think in Illinois and Chicago in particular, we're pretty good about it, but other I mean, states. Even when I go not. out in the suburbs, like it's, you know, I, I don't see many masks. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, and, the know, evidence, we are where we are. I mean, if we were doing a good job, we wouldn't be in this position. 
Well, and that's the masks. That's that's part of the science thing, right? And like you know that that we've been in a way, you know, hopefully we'll we'll shift in a direction where science is important again, and people are listening to facts and yeah. you know, um, but we haven't. That hasn't been the messaging for the last four years, you know. So like. Um, that's, that's frustrating. You know, I know Biden's set up a task force now yeah. already, you know, and they're talking mm-hmm. about like how to address it. And that's, that's what you want to see, right. Is, I mean, yeah. take the bull by the horns here and, you know, and just figure it out. Yeah. And the, um, I think you do have to shut things down again, but God, I don't want to like, that's so hard on people. And like these, you know, these restaurants like out in McHenry County are defying the shutdown order of the state. Cause they're like, what are we supposed to do? Like, this is everybody's livelihood here. Like, you know, we can't. Um, and I'm, a, I don't agree with that, but I can, I can sympathize with that position and, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't have an answer for them. I don't know what they do other than where's the federal aid package. You know, I mean, why exactly. isn't that happening? Exactly. Shame on Mitch McConnell, you know, it, it, well, that, shame on the Congress, but the shame on leadership. Why? Yeah. I mean, this is, instead of campaigning, we should have like, where's the aid package? If he had pressed an aid package, he would have had a better chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad because this all could have been contained. We've seen it happen across the world. If you if you if you uh, hunker down and you know bite the bullet for a certain amount of period, we can get past it. But we couldn't. We didn't want to. So yeah. this is what we get. We all. We also. All, I'm sorry, Monica. Go ahead. I was just going to say. You know, Chicago did just announce a hospitality grant program. Um, and and entries open like on Tuesday, November tenth. It's ten thousand dollars, but it's something. So I think it's trying to help those restaurants and there should be more of that. Yeah. Well, and the that's city budget is in is in horrible shape, and yeah. you know, and the state, you know, that 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 amendment lost on the on the graduated income tax. So they don't know yeah. how that all the state universities are going to slash everything because they're going to have yeah. to go after their budgets next. I don't know. It just seems it seems like a simple choice. Um, getting sick or you know but it's not that it's like getting like a chance of getting sick or like getting kicked out of my house you know or like yeah, but you have to i mean but everybody should i mean there's that's the I, thing man, it should I, be like a, it should be like a war effort mm-hmm, everybody should be on agree. the same page and that's where leadership has failed us because the the message should be made that this is something we all need to do and to do that we're going to help you out everybody should be staying at home and if we had done that from the beginning, we wouldn't be in this position. Well, this is going on. I mean, this has been what nine months of this shit. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And if we, if everybody would have put a mask on from from get, and everybody, yeah. and you the know, information's had... been difficult, and you know all the thing, and people didn't have aid, and they didn't know what they're going to do. And I get that. I, I I completely do, and it's not a just a simple like solution. But you know, with some leadership, and you know, hey, look. Everybody needs to stay at home. We got to yeah. do this. In you fairness, know, though, it, it is surging everywhere. It's not just here. You know, Europe. I know, but we got to be in it together. Yeah. But the thing yeah. it is, is that they they had some security in in letting it go. Maybe they're only in trouble because we couldn't handle our shit. Yeah. Well, because we haven't handled our shit at all. Yeah. The uh, I agree with that, and I mean. But, you know, now it's going on so long, the fatigue, right? I mean, that the fatigue is set in. And, like, even people who are, like, who have been good about it are starting to slip, you know? And um, I don't think there's anybody not guilty of that. No, for sure. And uh, and it's, like, really hard to know, like, you know, how how 
hard you need to hold those lines and those boundaries and when you can, you know, loosen them up a little bit. And we just had, you know, my, my mom, we, you know, we had this wonderful weather. My mom saw this opportunity to say, let's have the family over and we'll stay outside and we won't go inside. But it was, a, it was a group gathering of over 10. And, and Lish and I didn't feel good like being together with that many people. Out, you know, you still all got to use the bathroom. You still, you know, there's, there's little kids and they don't understand the distancing sometimes. And um, so we didn't, like, we were the only ones. We went out early and spent time with my mom and dad. And we were there when we heard about the election results. But then we split before the rest of my family got there. And I'm sure they were like, oh, God, you know, those guys are crazy. Um, but we just didn't feel safe, you know, like we just didn't want to spread it and like we're from Chicago and like the numbers in Cook County are higher than you know and I, I just didn't want to take a chance of and maybe that's crazy but that's where we're at right now you know and we get the holidays coming up and like you're looking at you know not not doing Thanksgiving with your family not doing Christmas with your family the fatigue is is a real thing and it's tough and it is wearing on people and you know there's thank God there's some hope on the horizon with this vaccine, but mental health is, is a real challenge right now, I think. And, you know, we I'll, applaud. I was just going to ask, how are you guys doing with it? You know, I mean, yeah. Fauci said that, you know, we should maybe have a vaccine by the end of April, which is essentially six months from now. And if you look ahead to that, it provides a little bit of a bright light to yeah, so, look yeah. forwards. Light at the end of the tunnel. I, yeah. That's a, that's a great point. I, I think, Again, the message has been missed that we're in this together and that everybody is suffering. And that, you know, like times in the past that I've read about, because I wasn't alive, but like World War II, you know, where uh, there was a combined community effort that we're all doing this together. That hasn't, that message hasn't been made that we need to do this. We need to shut down restaurants because it's for the greater good. We need to shut, you know, you can't do certain things. I saw a kid, broke my heart. I was like, you know, I hear all these people like bitching about haircuts and certain things and certain this. And I was walking my dog and I came across this little girl and her father. And they had, it was a beautiful day and they're walking and they made their way to the park. And they got to the park and the uh, gate to the park was uh, padlocked. And the little girl just let out a scream. Oh. And it was just like she was started crying. Her dad, I mean, was almost. He, I mean, he got it, but he was he was kind of laughing because he he understood that that was probably going to be the case, but he you know hadn't made that clear to his daughter. I thought to myself, that is the only person I feel sorry for right now, because the rest of us need to suck it up. That I mean, that's just kind of the deal. We're in this together. It's a pandemic. It's nobody's fault other than the fact that we aren't doing enough to stop it. And there's ways to stop it. We've been told how to stop it. And we just have to get together and do it. And everybody's, for some reason, in this country, can't seem to come on the same page of how to do that. Americans don't like having their their liberties taken away. And they somehow they see, like, you know, where it's been over politicized. And that's yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I heard somebody the other day say it's like politicizing toilet paper. Speaking of speaking of the politicizing of it, what do you think? Have you guys seen this crazy feud between Dr. Fauci and Dr. Atlas? 
not. That sounds like like it sounds like a comic book, Doctor Atlas or something. But the uh, Atlas is like the Trump guy, right? He's been and he's like he's been saying he's been downplaying the threats of the virus for for months and saying we should open up the economy and you know and um, herd immunity and all these crazy things. The um, and Fauci, of course, has been Fauci. Atlas accused Fauci of changing his tone about coronavirus, like post-election. He says uh, before the election, you know, Fauci was all doom and gloom. And now after the election, he's like, eh, you know, vaccine in April, um, which I think is crazy. Like, it's just the timing of when the vaccine came out and everything. And like, I heard there was Trump people even like suggesting that Pfizer had held on, out on the vaccine until, you know, I saw like that. To, yeah. to, so they didn't want to help the Trump campaign, give them a boost. The, um, that's, you know, that's some crazy stuff. The politicizing, it's the science thing again, right? It's like the science and facts don't matter. And it's the, you know, we're going to politicize this. It's so frustrating to see. You have to, you have to ask yourself, why would someone politicize it? Why would you not be concerned about having the best science? Because you're afraid of the facts. Serve their game. Mm -hmm. That's 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 what that's what I is so heartbreaking to me that people do not understand that Trump doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. So you know, Trump. First of all, Trump had COVID, but he had the best care. We don't know about the long term benefits. All right, no. benefits, but sorry, the long term impacts. Right. Okay. Yes. And quite honestly, he's obese. He has health issues. He obviously doesn't take care of himself. So one, I'm really curious to see the longer term impacts of COVID on him post-election. At the same time, has anyone seen Pence? <laughs> Mike Pence, where's Mike? I Pence? wonder if Pence has COVID. Sure, sure. Let's start that rumor here. No, I mean, there's been a second rash of like, you know, infections. Uh, Mark all Meadows around Pence, it. his chief of staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, it's how... <sighs> I, I, one of the Biden's best lines was like, how can you protect the nation if you can't protect his, uh, you know, his own house? Yeah, exactly. And now, highfalutin arts. So the one thing that did help keep me going uh, the days after the election, before the count was done, was all these great election posts and memes. There were some awesome ones that, you know, people were sending around or posting. Um, there was one though that was kind of serious, but was awesome. It showed a picture of Kamala walking, also shattered glass saying, ladies wear shoes. There's glass all over the place, nice. which was great to see. And some of the funny ones, like if you guys saw that, it's a kid running really slowly towards home base. That was my favorite. Ne yeah, with the name Nevada overhead his head. There's a kid standing at home base and that is the world. And then you see like a coach come out labeled as USA trying to shove the kid away and he like, shoves him off and so it's just like that was hilarious so there was another one that was a conversation between pennsylvania nevada and georgia about like who's gonna go first no, you go first no you go first and then um you know alaska jumps in and say hey we're still counting our votes and everyone's like we don't care about you alaska but then they also had um there's jokes about Nevada, you can count like gambling money or stripper dollar bills faster than you're counting your votes, you know? Um, and there were also these election maps that people were making up. Did you see like, if Joe, this is the election map, if Joe Biden, Biden wins every state where Ludacris claims to have hoes, if Biden <laughs> wins every state where Taylor Swift didn't have a marvelous time ruining everything, if Biden wins a state, you know, mentioned in a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, which apparently was a lot. Wow. Then there was like, if Biden only wins a state where Sir Mix-a-Lot said jump on it, where there won't be much jumping. Then there were other funny ones like all Britney or Jean Color or children's scribbles. So it was just, you know, appreciated humor. 
you know, in the midst of the tension. And we'll post some of these on the blog. So go check out the blog to see some of these funny ones to get a laugh. The, the internet game was very strong. The, one of my favorite things I saw was a tweet. It was like from on Saturday, it was like some excited, you know, Biden supporter was uh, all right, guys, so how's this going to work? Like, do we all text him you're fired at once or do we do we do our sign up yeah. sheet somewhere? And we all we all select a time slot or I saw that one. Yeah. What was great is if you saw Twitter, too, was putting like putting started putting um, warning labels on almost all of Trump's tweets. Because oh, he yeah. was like claiming fraud and irregularity, and they're just like fraud. And they're like, nope, warning, warning. Yeah, we're gonna have to start seeing more. I don't know, policing of the social media, and the, I mean, there's so much misinformation flying around out there. And I don't want to curb freedom of speech, but that you know, all these things parading as facts that people consume as news, it's really disturbing. Yeah, I think we're, we're starting to see more pressure on them. Like Facebook yeah. in particular is getting a lot of pressure on them. They're starting to do some things. Twitter's been- I think it's a little too, a little too late. Um, there's been a lot of misinformation. A friend uh, once told me, you have to have established facts before you can even begin. Because um, often in these political arguments, you're, you're starting from a basis of, of uh, two sides that don't have the same playing they're not playing on the same playing field because they have two separate ends of facts yeah. i saw i mean i saw something the other day where people are talking about you know the election's not over because computers you know malfunctioned you know where homeland security has already confirmed that you know the numbers are what they are that's uh yeah what you other to, um you have to have some starting point right he yeah. also had the, you know, the president attacking the legitimate media for four years, you know, oh, yeah. trying to push people to Twitter and yeah. to, you know, that shit. Well, have you guys seen Washington Post on um, their tagline this now democracy dies in darkness? Right, right. You know, they, well, they yeah, made that, they changed that to that during this Trump mm -hmm, era. Mm -hmm. Also, speaking more about entertainment, did you guys see the image of like the people dancing in London? Like, I think it was Philadelphia. Yes, this yeah. guy was dancing at a shirt that said, fuck 2020. Pardon, I don't know <laughs> part of my language, but there was actually a group that was going around kind of like rallying people in line. And actually Ava DuVernay um, re retweeted it saying like, I love black people. We find ways to celebrate even under suppression and still we rise. She referenced, you know, the Maya Angelou. Yeah, right. Wow. One of the things in entertainment that's making me sad is the way they're pushing all the movies back. The... Um, I was really excited to see the Dune movie. I'm going to show my uh, nerd for, for a second. The, uh, and they push that back to next year. The uh, And uh, Eddie Murphy, right? Like he was going to make a big comeback and that's all been like pushed back a little bit. Agreed. But yeah. it'll come. It will, I, but it's like, God, we need it now. And they're doing it to like make well, it. You know, I think one of the beauties of uh, this COVID period is uh, a lack of... Um, focus on Hollywood and stardom and celebrity. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, uh, I understand, I, I, believe me, I mean, I consider myself somewhat of an artist and it's just like, sure, it's been a tough time, but <clears throat> there are things, sometimes things you have to take a step back and focus on what needs to be done. And, um, focusing on what the hell Kanye West is doing is not necessarily. Speaking of Kanye, actually, Kim Kardashian, did you all see this? Like she, she asked all her friends and family to, you know, 
um, isolate for a couple of weeks and then took them all to like a South Pacific Island for her birthday. And then yeah, so post pictures with no mask being like super grateful. And people are like, hmm. people had yeah. some very witty responses to that. Like, yeah. you know, people are dying. Uh, yeah. At some point she said humble in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was like, mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just outrageous. And the fact that people like listen or care about yeah, like that's yeah. all she has to say. Yeah. See that when you were saying about like how we, COVID has been like a break from like focusing on celebrity and stuff. And then we segue into Kim Kardashian, you know, the. Uh, well, that's an example though. It has been a break, but now people are coming down harder when like celebrities are like trying to post artists, like what normally people would be like, oh, it's great to follow them. People are like, now, you know, precisely, precisely. Care as much. Uh, like if, care as much. Right. I, I if it wasn't COVID, people would be like, how fantastic, blah, blah, blah. You know? I guess I haven't seen like a change in like the, you know, celebrity. Well, there's a damper Crazy. down. There's no red carpets. Right? Yeah, I'm not hearing much about like you know exactly. There's there's far fewer premieres. <laughs> I mean that's for yeah. sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Speaking of shows, though, I did just catch The Mandalorian. You guys watch that? Yes, yes. There's a new that's one that's going to be out today, right? They come Is out there? On Friday, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Good to know. Um, I just watched all of them through a baby Yoda. Cute, but yes. terrible at like you know eating everything. Eating the eggs, yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen any. Uh, you haven't seen any Mandalorian, have you, Ryan? No, I watched the whole first season. Oh, did you? Cool. Oh well, yeah. there's a couple second season episodes out. And just like Ellie McBeal, that's all I need to see. <laughs> hmm. She's not in it, Ellie McBeal. Um, no. Was that the name of that Fox series? It's just like like. TV series, it's just like pretty much it's all in caption like the first couple seasons. I see. It's like it doesn't really. It's like lost. It's like you don't need to see him on the island for the fifth year right, or whatever. Right. That's just like a soap opera. Like Empire was awesome yeah. for the first like six episodes. And then it's just like, okay, got it. You guys are just going to keep dropping like cliffhangers on me. Done. I don't know. It's, it's, it's predictable and it's unpredictable in this. Fair enough. And now, high pollutant sports. So, if you allow me, I want to. Uh, there's two uh, places in uh, current sports news that have crossed the path, my path, uh, and have been personal to me. Is that uh, the Dodgers won the World Series and Notre Dame beat number one Clemson? My father uh, is has been a Dodgers fan since they were in Brooklyn, um, uh, since the forties. Um, and he also uh, attended uh, the University of Notre Dame, uh, a town in which I was born. So um, these are two things that I've been raised on, uh, Dodgers baseball and Notre Dame football. Um, and then they are both in the news uh, recently for their great achievements. Los Angeles Dodgers winning the World Series and Notre Dame uh, beating number one ranked Clemson. I'm going to hold you right there. Trevor okay. Lawrence was out of that game, though, because he had COVID. Sure. And they have a, uh, an extraordinary... Uh, yeah, that kid who got in, you know, threw for yeah. like 500 yards like or something. Six, <laughs> but yeah. if, if they had Trevor yeah. Lawrence, I'm thinking they would have won. So anyway, just throw that you in. Could say that. You could say that. You could also say that, that there was a home town advantage every football event there are 
limited crowds and no crowds. In Chicago, the Chicago Bears had no crowds. But depending on where you are, state to state, whether it's college or pro, there are, are a limited amount of fans. Uh, Notre Dame had quite a few student fans. And once the game was won, it was a big upset. The kids rushed the field. And much like the Dodgers winning the World Series, I can understand the elation and wanting to celebrate. Um, now in the World Series, Justin Turner, the great uh, All-Pro, I believe, uh, third baseman for the Dodgers, was pulled because he had been discovered he had tested positive. So they told him he had to leave the field. And he did. And so they won. And he, as reported, got called by his teammates to celebrate. And he did celebrate. And this media press, uh, much to my satisfaction, kind of got down on him for that. It's not right. You're not supposed to do that. You know, it's, it was stupid. So if that's, yeah. So I'm not going to make judgment on it. I didn't, I didn't, well, I will stupid. make a judgment. It's not right. Yeah. yeah. But in their jubilation, they forgot the moment that we're living in a pandemic. Much like the kids at Notre Dame. What is the field? And, you know, we took part of this jubilation of making, having this great victory. Now, Going to bed, there was reports that there's already been 27 cases that are traced back to that event. Yeah, it's stupid to have a crowd full of people at a, at a, at a sports event right now. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I'm noticing, like when I'm watching the games, I'm noticing some have people in the stands, some don't. And so yes. I look that up a little bit, and it uh -huh. seems like they're leaving it up to, they're not setting any mandate on it. They're leaving it up to each sort of mm -hmm. team to kind mm -hmm. of determine how they want to manage capacity in the stands. And quite honestly, it, they should just knock it all out. And yeah. the funny thing is that it, it lies along um, Mason Dixon line, essentially. And yeah. it goes back to there's no national leadership on this thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no national mandate. Speaking of stupid, what do <laughs> you think of the, of the White Sox hiring uh, uh, their new manager, Tony La Russa? <laughs> I didn't realize how old he was. I didn't realize how conservative he was. Because Dude he's a looks like a corpse, man. Because he's a person from my youth. I just know that name. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, why not? Why is everybody so upset? Because I don't follow baseball the way I follow football. Did you see the, So you see you got a DUI the day before the White Sox announced him <laughs> as their new nice. manager. He needs to go. He's 76 years old. Yeah. He needs to go. He should be retired at this point. What exactly value is he supposed to bring to the team? Reportedly, when he got pulled over, he flashed his ring. Yeah, they're, they're, he's like, I'm. A, he said, I'm, a, I'm in the Hall of Fame, buddy. You're just trying to embarrass me. I'm a, I'm a Hall of Famer. Yeah. This is second DUI in the last like 15 years. And he's supposed years. to be the leader of, of men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he was also, he previously was manager of the White Sox. He, he was that's exactly like yeah. 80, he was fired in 86. Yes, yeah. but he was he's he and Jerry Reinsdorf, the, who's the owner of the Sox, have, have stayed tight. And the um, and Jerry, you know, they were I, I was kind of surprised, frankly, they they fired Rick Renteria because uh, he was like runner up for AL manager of the year, like he had you know, the Did first winning the first well, first winning record for the White Sox, though, you know, in quite a while. The um, but I guess that's what teams do when they're getting ready to compete, they think they fire Rick Renteria. And now, ending on a high note. 
right, so we're going to try something a little different this week, and we're going to try a new feature called Ending on a High Note. It's sharing some goodness that we've seen in the world in, in the last week or two. It's, it's something positive that connects people. Um, it's just a happy story to end on. And um, for me, I, I want to say it's uh, Friday the 13th, November 13th. It's my mother's birthday today. And uh, I want to wish her a happy birthday. And uh, she's been a supporter of our podcast and a listener. And I, I know she'll listen and hope she gets a kick out of it. Happy birthday, mom. Love you. I hope you're having a great day. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Barry. Oh, thank you, guys. Um, what about you, Monica? What's uh, something that, uh, that struck you this week as positive that you want to share? And I love the idea of doing this. So we'll see how it goes. So one thing, and I mentioned this a few podcasts back, but Chicago has a park on the West side called Douglas Park. And it was named after Stephen Douglas, who was a Senator from Illinois, um, who benefited off of the slave trade, believed in all you know, states rights to have slaves. Um, but there was a youth movement of kids who went to school in the area who over the last few years have put together petitions, taken it to the school board that this should not be named after, you know, as someone who was involved in the slave, you know, slavery. It should be named after Frederick Douglass, who, you know, was a great, you know, black activist. Um, and there initially their their movement wasn't really going anywhere. So there were these two. So someone in Douglas Park started changing all the signs, adding a second S for Stephen Douglas. And that just sort of organically started happening. And then there was, it was on the radio the other day about who was doing it. It's these, it's these two old ladies who decided that like, hey, these kids aren't getting attention. So I, we're going to help them. And we're going to go and add these S's all over, you know, the signs. Now the whole, it's been approved. And now all those signs are going to be officially changed. But it was just really sweet that like these two old ladies um, were going around and doing this and they told the story too about um they had an excuse for if they got caught and they got caught once because they were on a ladder with a t-square and like someone from the park district pulled over and they're like what are you doing and their excuse was oh we're from the art institute and we're studying topography in park signs it's really cool like how they're they're distributed throughout the park and so they ended up that leaving them alone but so it's just an awesome story of one like the goodness that these women wanted to go out and support these kids who were you know trying to make a point which has now been you know they've had an impact and it's changing but it was just a great story including that little excuse that they had you know for if they got caught i love that that's a terrific story ryan what about you anything uh, that struck you in the last uh, week is something uh, that you wanted to share as positive I'm hopefully optimistic uh, about the uh, shift that we seem to be going through, um, but we've got a long way to go. Um, I'm also um, disheartened that it's 2020 and this is where we are, uh, that, that race is um, just now beginning, beginning to be addressed in any kind of meaningful fashion, if at all. Uh, Keep it positive. End on a high note. Yeah, we're ending on a high note here. Right? Well, I mean, you know, it seems to be a, a, a virus. Well, I'll tell you this. I, you know, today I hope to uh, finish my uh, cycling goal of uh, doing seven thousand miles this year. So, nice. I'm, very, I'm very, very happy about that. And I am optimistic, um, just cautiously. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> We close each episode of the Highfalutin Podcast with a poem that relates to our theme. 
All right, cool. Um, Ryan, give us your Bon Jovi, man. So before we settled on Shift, uh, I, we had spoke before the election about uh, a title called Reckoning. And I had just happened to come across uh, a song, a, a new song from uh, John Bon Jovi, of all people. Somebody I never really considered a, a strong songwriter, uh, but uh, obviously you can't argue with this. Wait a second. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The uh, I'm a still mercy ride. <laughs> wanted better alive. No, yeah, no. I mean, he's an important part of our youth, but nevertheless, I, that was my personal feelings. There's a time and a place for all music, but nevertheless, we had discussed having the um, theme of reckoning, and uh, he had written this song. And I, feeling the way I do about him, I was, I was skeptical, but I was open-minded, or I thought so. And so uh, he wrote a song called American Reckoning, and the lyrics go as such. America's on fire. There's protest in the street. Her conscience has been looted, and her soul is under siege. Another, mar another mother's crying. As America repeats, I can't breathe. Goddamn those eight long minutes, lying face down in cuffs on the ground. Bystanders pleading for mercy as one cop shoved a kid on the ground. When did a judge and jury become a badge and a knee on these streets? Stay alive. Stay alive, shine a light, stay alive. Use your voice and remember me, American Reckoning. Thank you for listening to the Highfalutin Podcast. Please make sure to check our website, highfalutinmedia.com for more episodes and related content.